And we are live, everyone, for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintram. How are you doing? How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. So, I guess as you imagine, a lot of the today's episode is going to be around the Cybertruck launch yesterday. Even though we have this uh, watch party, uh, if you if you joined us yesterday, but it was more like a, a real live reaction. And even then, we didn't have all the details because the event. Uh, the event itself didn't get uh, a lot of good reaction, really. Like it's, uh, it was a lot of rehashing of the 2019 event. Um, a few, a few pieces of specs that were confirmed uh, that in the event that was nice. There was a few cool moments, like the 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 towing of the well, the, the quarter mile race against the 911, and how it turns out that the Cybertruck is towing in a 911 also. So that was cool, um, but. For the most part, like no one was very impressed by the event itself. So, and the, the biggest concern was like the event ended. Elon started delivering the cyber trucks, and you're like, wait, what? What are you doing, Elon? You didn't talk about the range. You didn't talk about pricing. And then, sure enough, uh, it was a good. It sounds like there was a good reason for that that they didn't discuss that in the event that is more publicized. Uh, is because it's not the best news on that front. So we had to look into the uh, Cybertruck's updated configurator website. Well, it's not a configurator; it's an updated website. And in the order page, you have all the details in terms of pricing and uh, range. So we can jump into that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. You have three trims now. Uh, they are called rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, and cyber beast. Um, in practice, the rear-wheel drive is a single rear-wheel drive motor. The all-wheel drive is a dual motor, front and back. And the cyber beast is the tri-motor, two in the back, one in the front. Although it was kind of uh, ambiguous, they said dual induction motor mm-hmm. in the back. They didn't say two separate motors. It was weird the way they worded it. Yeah. Mechanically linked. Um, Range-wise, so that's the big update for the for, for the range here. 250 miles of range, 300 for the rear-wheel drive, 340 for the all-wheel drive, dual motor, and 320 for the Cyber B. So looks like the all-wheel drive and tri-motor are both using the same battery pack. Oh, I skipped the price, by the way, right? <laughs> Probably the biggest one. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. Uh, so it is almost exactly a 50% price increase across the entire lineup. So 61000 for the base version at two hundred fifty, which won't come until 2025, which is something we expected, but still. Uh, $80,000 for the dual motor. Well, just short of $80,000. I wonder why. Yeah, so that that's the the one that got a, a big increase here, like uh, basically a twenty thousand dollars increase. And the Cyber Beast starts a hundred thousand um, dollars, which is not too surprising. Like we, we would expect that there would be a version around that price. Now, the thing that threw even more confusion to the whole thing is something called a range extender. Okay, so that was mentioned like on the on the order page. Uh, but there was not that much detail. Tesla later updated it, and Elon commented on it on Twitter. Uh, Drew Baglino also. So now we have the details of the range extender. So let's jump right in while we're at it. Um, I posted a separate article with it. We even have the. It was nice of- to see Elon uh, reply to you. Uh, yeah, there. he actually replied on Twitter to me, which is surprising. He hasn't done that in a long time. 
uh, X, I should say, to please him. <laughs> so Twitter. <laughs> now uh, you're in trouble again. Yeah, no, I'm back on the blacklist. Uh, so th there it is. If you're uh, listening to, uh, watching the, the live stream right now on YouTube, we have the image here of the range extender, which is a box that fix, uh, fits perfectly into the the bed of the cyber truck, uh, and it is closer to the cabin. So it is uh, next to the cabin, leaving uh, about two thirds of the rear of the cyber truck's bed uh empty for cargo and it almost flush with the uh light um, bar in, in the cyber truck's bed but there's still some room uh between that um, range extender toolbox and the top of the tunnel so you could still put some stuff on top of it not that much though um yeah no uh word on price of that box on the weight of that box on the capacity of that box other than how much range it, it adds so in terms of adding range for the dual motor version it goes from 340 to they say 470 plus so I'm not sure what that plus uh let's say 470 just to be safe 320 uh cyber v's go for 440 so uh, adds about 130 120 miles of range for uh, the, these models they don't mention anything for the rear-wheel drive version as if uh, you cannot add one, which uh, I don't like that. Like, this is an optional toolbox that you can put in, like, you can, why would you not let someone who buy the base version also buy that? <clears throat> makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, it's going to have a smaller battery, the rear-wheel drive version, because it only goes 250 miles. Yeah. So maybe they're like, well, instead of getting the range extender, just upgrade to the all-wheel drive version. Yeah, but then there's no way to get uh, longer range with the rear-wheel drive. If you, if you, like a lot of people don't really need an all-wheel drive, so I don't know. Yeah, it would be nice if there was an all-wheel drive with the bigger battery. Yeah, just exactly, with a smaller battery. Uh, anyway, so this this is how, like, if you look at the range, obviously the range is one of the big disappointments of this, of this event because Tesla was... Uh, quoting like a $80,000 truck that would go 500 miles of range. Now you get a $100,000 truck that gets 320 miles of range. Uh, and if you want to get closer to that 500 miles of range, uh, it's, it's you got to go with a dual motor version, which is $80,000. So the same price as the tri-motor version was supposed to be. And you don't even get that 500 miles, you get 470 miles. And that's with the extended box, that, that the, the extended range box that um removes a big part of your cargo now i i'm still i'm still a bit digesting this whole idea of a range extender which is not completely new we know that rivian is working on something similar to they, they've filed a, a patent for that last year uh tesla has also mentioned that as a possibility in the past but uh never with the cyber truck there was like a range extending trailer they talked about and and all that but a box this is kind of new but i there, there's definitely some advantage and, and disadvantage with it i listed some in my article here like obviously disadvantage it takes up cargo space that's the obvious one uh so the way that elon and uh drew baglino framed it elon said that it's meant for very long trips and towing heavy things up the mountains and uh drew baglino also said implied that it like you get in you, you get it in and out of the truck so you you only put it in when you use when you need it basically so that that is definitely an advantage. I like I like that because uh, you if you don't need the extra range, whether it's not in the truck, your truck is more efficient, gonna cost less to operate, uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, and then how do you, you get it, it in and out? So that's the thing. So then when you need it, you put it in, and uh, you get extra range. Now the big question is like, 
this is like I estimate between what, like 30 and 40 kilowatt hour of energy right. capacity so in there. Close to a thousand pounds. Yeah, it's going to at very least uh, several hundred pounds. Uh, not going to be easy even for two like the like average size adults to put this in and out of the vehicle. It won't be easy at all. I don't know. Maybe it's going to come with some kind of lift of car jack that you can lift it up to the, to the height of the bed and just like slide it in. That would make sense, I think. Like that not only would make sense, like it would also almost be like necessary for, for that. Uh, like otherwise, like you need like three or four like strong guys to <laughs> get it in and out uh, with uh, uh, without hurting themselves. Now, so it's not clear how do you plug it in uh, the the truck uh, exactly. Yeah, and it's not just uh, you don't just need like DC connections. You probably also want to have uh, thermal management uh, stuff going through there. Like uh, I don't know if you would have the coolant. You know, I would assume that that's in the packets that that everything you, is. You think there's a, it has its own thermal management? System. I would assume so. Yeah, uh, that would be hard to. Awesome. Kind of, yeah, I think it's more like connecting to to the the, the rest of the system inside the vehicle because there there is outlets. There's a 240 volt outlet in the back, but that's not it. Like you you need like a, a different connection for that. So I don't yeah, I don't know how. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that works. But again, we don't we don't know when it when it's coming. Uh, we don't have pricing yet too. The like pricing is important because the pricing would give us like a true look at exactly like what happened between uh, the 2019 thing and now because like we, we can compare now, like obviously price went up 50%, uh, range went down, uh, but then you, you, we can have the extender to compare the range closer to the 2019 level. Uh, but then we're going to have to add the cost of the range extender to truly compare that. So, yeah, it, it is one of the very rare occasions where Tesla actually let us down in terms of specs between uh, prototype unveiling and production release. Uh, this is very much a first time. But at the same time, it, it's a different product. It's like the, the range extender thing is is a new product. Uh, the, the only thing where I would actually like... Uh, not i would i would like uh look at it negatively for tesla is like they didn't even talk about it at the event like yeah, i had to was, ask elon on x about it for him to 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 clarify the situation like to me i terrible like communication strategy obviously not talking about it but especially like you screwed up, okay? You, you. I don't know if I don't want to say necessarily they screwed up because that 500 miles of range, like they could have made the cyber truck with 500 miles of range if they wanted to, but it would have been a lot more expensive and probably not as great handling and probably like not as efficient most of the time. Like the 90% of the time that you use it without that 500 miles of range, you're carrying this giant battery pack around for no, no reason. Right, and also they wouldn't be able to get it under eighty thousand dollars for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, most likely not. Um, so now you end up with a situation where you, you, you found a solution. You found a solution to these issues. Like, let's do a removable battery pack that you can add when you need it. And it's going to be good for people that tow. It's going to be good for uh, people that travel long distances. But explain to us that solution because 
if you don't now it looks like you're being sneaky like you you, you screwed right. up like well, we screwed up and now this is this is the botch solution that we have like the 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 last minute thing we threw together that gives us the range that we promise and even then not really um instead of like hey guys so we ended up with having difficulties producing the cyber truck at the uh, uh, the range that we wanted uh, at the price that we wanted, especially with the last few years of inflation, all that is difficult. Uh, but we found a solution that I think might uh, be a good compromise for everyone. And then you explain this whole strategy of how this extended battery pack worked. They didn't do that. So that, that's, that's a bit disappointing to me. Yeah. I mean, there's so many questions about that thing. Like, yeah. you know, is it safe? Like it's going to be super mm -hmm. heavy. Like if you get in a front accident, is that thing coming through the cab? Second, uh, like, now tesla has a modular battery system like this could actually could be a, a huge deal uh you know other third parties could come along with their own batteries that you could plug in you know tesla probably won't like that idea won't allow yeah it. that that would but, be the, but, but tesla could home, come up with different I, sizes the the big the, then, i think the biggest advantage too is uh, i put it in in there and is as a home charger as a power wall alternative yeah when you're not using it it could be a mm -hmm. power wall yeah, it's and then 30 kilowatt hours, that, that's like $20,000 worth of power wall that could, that could be sitting in, in your garage. Yeah, and then so Tesla could resurrect their battery swapping station idea as well. <laughs> you could have you could have these all over the place and uh, you're, you know, your Cybertruck's running low on electricity. You just plop a battery on there and you go further. Or they could rent these out from like, you know, Tesla dealers like, hey, you're going on a long trip. You need one of these for a weekend. Come in and get it you know all great of, ideas so many, all great so ideas that should have all been like like that would should have been the one more thing that could have been the one more thing at the event like look this is what we announced that event was a but nightmare. we can we can do a one more thing and, and talk to you while well, they just could there could have been two one more things they could have talked about there's this right and then there's a power share thing, which also plays together now that we just talked about the possibility of using that extended battery pack as a yep. power wall. So you could have like matched all to, together. We're launching the Cybertruck, but also we're launching uh, this external battery pack system and uh, we're launching power share. They could have done all of that at the same time and they, they screwed that up big time, I think. By the way, I even called that they should do the power share thing as a one more thing before the event and yeah they could have made me they could have made me right <laughs> all right so uh, let's uh, go back here real quick to make sure uh, i'm not skipping too much oh yeah there was the, this demo was also impressive like the yeah, app but uh, it said at a really good point right before the show too about that so they did this um uh this poll basically where uh, demonstration where they, they pull a giant truck uh, and see how much how much distance they can cover with it and uh, the Cybertruck had beat significantly the uh, F-150 Lightning, Riven R1T that came in third, and the Ford F-150, uh, Ford 350 diesel, uh, which is a very powerful truck. So that's impressive. But then set that a good point because they did have an R1T and an F-150 Lightning. Where's the tug of war? Yeah. Like they were going to have a tug of war. And uh, they have the vehicles. They, you know, mm -hmm. They're sitting out on the dirt. They, I wonder if it's uh, the Cybertruck tires weren't up for the challenge, or I mean, yeah, obviously I they did well. They did well in the pool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, would think, I think it'd, it'd do it'd do well in the tug of war too. So for for those that don't remember, right after the 2019 reveal, Tesla released a video of a tug of war between the Cybertruck and an F-150 gas uh, 
pickup truck. And uh, that video went viral, like super viral. And uh, gathered a lot of attention for the Cybertruck. So, and there was a, a lot of talks about a remake, especially the F-150 Lightning was coming up and all that, but they never did it. Uh, and not, not even then this time. Uh, all right. Um, in the back here, Tesla confirmed having, uh, well, not just in the back, uh, there, there's there's uh, four 120-volt outlet all around the, the vehicle, two in the cabin up to 20 amp, two in the bed of the truck, and a third uh, plug in the bed of the truck that is 240-volt up to 40 amp, which is like a, a decent like car charger, basically, that you can have in there. So that is part of this new power share idea, but... Uh, Jamie did a whole new article about it um, that goes into more details about Tesla's plan for that. So Tesla confirmed that the Cybertruck is the first truck, uh, well, first Tesla vehicle with bi-directional charging capability, um, vehicle to load, vehicle to home, and vehicle to vehicle uh, capability. So basically vehicle to everything. And uh, so on top of the uh, of the outlets that we just discussed, they have a 9.6 kilowatt continuous rear power uh, output that uh, the, the, the uh, Cybertruck can have. And what you, the biggest advantage that Tesla has over the competition right now, especially the Lightning, for example, that we know that the Lightning is like a $4,000 units that you need to buy uh, to, to be able to use the power capability of the, the Cybertruck at your home. And even then, we have some... We heard that the availability of that is not super easy either. Um, Tesla use all its own hardware, basically. So you need a Tesla. There's a mention of both a Tesla wall connector and universal connector. I'm not sure. Like They're basically the same thing with just the magic dock. So I, don't, I think just a wall connector works fine. And you need a gateway, which is like the, the brain of the power wall, uh, or depending, there's, depending on the version of the power wall, because I think now there's some version of the power wall that includes a gateway, but... Uh, if you only need that wall connector, power wall, and optionally a backup switch if you want to go uh, island island the house. So, um, which the, most people already have, if they have a power wall setup already. Yeah, exactly. So most people already have all that. If you have a power wall, well, actually they all have all that. So you literally don't need anything else. If you uh, um, if you just buy a Cybertruck, now you have your power walls capability plus your Cybertruck's 120 kilowatt hour battery pack and uh, maybe an extended battery pack. I don't know. Uh, so you have that. And then if not, well, you just need a wall connector, which you, you're most likely going to buy anyway because uh, uh, you, you, like, there's... I get I get away at home without charging my uh, <laughs> my vehicle on the wall connector on just a 120 volt outlet, but the Cybertruck obviously is going to be a little uh, longer to charge on that. So you're probably better getting a level two charger. So you get a wall connector, and then you buy a gateway. So the the gateway is really the only main thing that you like extra that you buy, and that's 1800 bucks, which is like literally half the price of the um, power home hardware from Ford. So this is probably one of the biggest advantage of the Cybertruck in terms of uh, using vehicle-to-grid capabilities, uh, vehicle-to-home. So there's no mention of vehicle-to-grid, but I, like, if the power wall does, does power wall to grid, then technically this should do vehicle-to-grid, right? Yeah. I mean, another huge opportunity missed to talk about this. And, yeah. and here's why. Because you know we've talked about in the past, like people in Texas and California selling their uh, power wall back into the grid and making a ton of money. Well, this is like 10 times the size of a power wall. 
So you're talking about 10x. Like you could sell so much of your Cybertruck battery back into the grid. And of course, like Tesla probably doesn't want to do this because, you know, you don't want to do cycles on the battery. But like in a super peak when it's worth a lot of money, yeah, uh, the power, like put that stuff back in the grid and make, you know, like 10 times the cost of the electricity. I oh, think yeah. people would Sometimes it's like in the dollars per kilowatt hour. So right. like $3 per kilowatt hour I've seen at times. Like you, you, you unload like 50 kilowatt hours off your battery pack in that time, which, you know, maybe unlikely because that's, that's a, a 9.6 continuous power output. So it would take several hours to do. And normally the peaks, they last long. They they can last several hours, but no, normally no more than three or something like that. You can still make like a, a fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, something like that. Which makes a big difference. So yeah, on uh, Tesla has now released a PowerShare website, Power PowerShare, uh, yeah, PowerShare uh, website oh, where you, you can have uh, a lot of the deals. Yeah. One other thing is um, with everybody else going Nax, theoretically, uh, everybody else that has a uh, you know, a car with ability to put power back in the power wall or back into the grid or back into the home. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, if you get a, you know, a Hyundai Ionic 5 uh, with with uh, the ability to put power back in the house, a Tesla um, charger will allow you to use that. So like, wow, Tesla's already way ahead of the game here. And you know, I don't know if it uses the same standards, if they're talking about that, if if it, that capability will exist. But like hardware wise, it's pretty much there. They they just kind of have to get the, the vehicle and the stuff to talk to each other. So Tesla's really ahead of the game there with this product. And they didn't even talk about it. They didn't even take the opportunity. All the eyes were on them for the cyber truck. They didn't take the opportunity. And OK, like this is speculation, though. It's not confirmation, but but we've been speculating that look, Maybe even new Tesla vehicles, like, uh, Model Three, Model Y, uh, S and X, might have that capability with the um, the, the the new charger um, being. We we suspect it's the same one that is the onboard charger in those cars. The new one is the same one that is in the Powerwall Three, uh, which is bidirectional. So there's a maybe every new car coming off the line could potentially be bidirectional. Uh, yeah, and they they should probably announce something soon because mm -hmm. people are going to start waiting. Yeah. On you know when they when they expect this kind of thing to happen, um, or or they should just say, hey, look, the hardware's there. We just need to come out with the software, and you know we're a few months behind on that or something. Yeah, and on top of it, like Tesla has managed to find a way to to like sell the power walls through this. Like it still uh, makes more sense to have a power wall in this. I think like especially like cost wise now and everything, but especially if you're gonna cycle it often. Uh, now at the same time, like with the Cybertruck. Now it might make more sense to have uh, the wall connector, the gateway, and an extended battery pack, an ex a, battery, uh, a range extender that you use as a power wall, and then you can unplug right. when you want and like this, so no power walls anymore. So in, in those occasions, like I guess it would, it would uh, cannibalize the power wall market a little bit. But other than that, it is complementary to the uh, Tesla's power share. So yeah, it's it's all wins for Tesla on there, but decide not to do it um yeah i mean there, and, there, and there's a lot to be fair like we, we, we've been criticizing tesla a lot but there's a lot of great things about the the, the cyber truck a lot of innovation with the for cyber sure. truck that that needs tesla needs to be applauded for 
48 volt confirm kind of kind of was already confirmed so it's not like it's not as big of news but it's in production right now it is on the market you can buy a consumer vehicle with 40, 48 volt system instead of 12 volt system we needed someone to be the first to do it like the 12 volt system have been around for I don't even know when, do you know, <laughs> since when cars have been using 12 volt system? We're talking like a hundred years. Yeah. I mean, and in some ways that the 12 volt system has killed the electric car in the past. So for those that yeah. don't remember, like in the early days of the automotive industry, steam cars, electric cars and gasoline vehicles were like 30% of the market each basically. And uh, electric cars uh, didn't have high-performing batteries back then, which put them behind. Uh, but they did have the advantage of being easy to use because you just get in and start the engine, it's, or the, the electric motor more, more specifically, easily, and you can go. While with a gasoline vehicle, you had to crank it to start the motor like you do an old, uh, um, an old mower, an old grass mower. So that was difficult to do. Women had difficulties doing it, even if they could. And even men had difficulties doing it. So it was a very inefficient way to start a vehicle. And then when someone, I don't know, I would like to be able to give credit to that person, but at the same time, they might have had a very bad impact on the environment by doing that, right. is that they figure out, wait, you have the electric car here that's so easy to, to start because it has a battery that you just turn on. Why we don't put a small battery to do the, the job of the crank and start the engine on the, on the gasoline motor? And then anyone can just press a button and starts the car. And that kicked off, the, 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 along with other things, obviously, the uh, prolification of gas stations and all that. But helped the gasoline vehicle take over the market. And it took almost 100 years for electric cars to make a comeback. And uh, But in, in that time, we stuck with a 12-volt system because it worked for the most part. And But obviously, higher voltage has the clear advantages, especially in terms of uh, cost of wires and all that, uh, weight of the wires also. But um, the I, I think the, the status quo was maintained by the fact that you have a lot of uh, accessories, like aftermarket accessories that work on 12-volt uh, that uh, are like standard that you can put on any cars. That now doesn't work with that if you go for uh, 48 volt. Uh, but yeah, now, now uh, things have changed around. Tesla has been the first to, well, uh, now some people say that it's they're not the first. Car used to be six volt. Oh, no, no, okay, it is the first. Um, yeah, so it's the first to do the move, go to 48 volt. And they say that they save 70% of the wires inside the vehicle. Uh, Significant. Yeah. They cut down 70% of the wires by doing that, which is massive. Uh, I, I recommend that you go check out like an exploded view of a car, just how much wire there is in there. If you can cut 70% of that, it is quite the win. So you have that. You have steer-by-wire that also confirmed with the release of the truck. That's also a big innovation. Now, Tesla is not exactly the first to do that, uh, steer-by-wire. There's been some steer-by-wire cars in the past, but they haven't taken off uh, just yet. Uh, probably be the biggest vehicle program if they are aiming to 250 300,000 cars a year with steer by wire so maybe it's the one that has a shot to um to to make it more popular now we've been saying that tesla should have waited to release their yoke steering wheel um to, 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 to they should have waited 
forced to buy wire before releasing their yoke steering wheel uh, just because of uh, the progressive steering ability that you can uh, put in a steer by wire car um, versus uh, something with a mechanical linkage like other Tesla vehicle. Now, the Cybertruck has a kind of, uh, not exactly a yoke wheel, but yoke looking wheel. So uh, it's going to be useful for that. And and makes even already the turning radius of the vehicle that's incredible uh thanks to the rear wheel steering which is also a new technology it's not a new technology but it's because it, i mean it's 20 years old or something like that but um it's making kind of a resurgence right now in, in some vehicles so tesla is part of that too but yeah i think the 48 volt system still about wires some great innovation into the the tesla vehicle power share obviously um they didn't show the interior much during the event. They didn't focus on the interior much. Uh, it's it's yeah. pretty bare. It's pretty like minimalist looking. Like I said, the yoke. It's not it's not really yoke steering wheel. It's much closer to a regular steering wheel, but uh, still flat up, flat bottom. The screen yeah, is because, uh, yeah. Go ahead because it's steer by wire. You can't. You don't have to go all the way around. You can just go. Yeah. I think like two hundred seventy degrees each direction. So, um, you know, when you're backing up, you don't have to like, you know, three times. The, um, the screen is a little bit bigger than the, the one in the model three model Y right now. And, uh, even the back screen too is also uh, nine inch, nine inches, which is a little bit bigger than the one in the three and Y. I thought it was interesting that the gear shift, uh, was at the top. Yeah. I don't know if that's coming on the rear, uh, um, mirror. So if you want to shift gears, you're going up like that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, but you, you also have it on the screen uh, like you do in the Model S. Right. I think that's going to be the uh, more common way that people are going to use it. All right. Um, so we do a quick head read before we continue. Uh, you know what? Let's... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Give me uh, a second. <laughs> our, our sponsor this week is VMAX. I don't. I think I forgot to mention it at the beginning of the show, by the way. Uh, so sorry about that. But VMAX is uh, they build high quality e scooter with superior performance, uh, and we're gonna have a few of them that we're gonna show you right now. The VX5, VX2, the uh, VX2 Pro, VX4, and also some of their high speed race scooters. Uh, can't find it. <laughs> let's go one more let's go one more story and then i'll read okay, okay sorry guys no problem no problem um yeah uh, we already have some uh tesla cybertruck accessories that were uh released um after the launch uh the matte satin uh, matte wrap black black matte satin wrap <laughs> That's quite a mouthful. Uh, yeah, we, we've seen it. We reported on it a few months ago. Uh, it was spotted in the wild. So we expected that Tesla would release its own uh, wrap with the Cybertruck. And uh, they did it uh, this time with... Um, well, it's just a reindeer. I would, which would, uh, we don't have the original image in there? No. Not cheap. Uh, it's... Um... Okay, so you have another option that's just a Saturn wrap. And you can have it in white too. So you can have it stainless steel. You can have it wrapped clear stainless steel, but with the satin finish, you can have it black and you can have it white. So these are the three basically color that you can get it. And that's $6,500 bucks. So it's not cheap, but it, I think it, it's it's cheaper than, uh, yeah, it's cheaper than the Model 3 Model Y wrap that Tesla is offering in the house too. So yeah, I guess we, we, there's no like curved surfaces or very few curved or, surfaces. Yeah, very few, yeah. Either. 
So that was our speculation that it might actually be cheaper with the Cybertruck because it's a cleaner line. So it's interesting. Uh, so that is right. available right now. Are you good with VMAX? Let's, let's go. All right. Today's episode is sponsored by VMAX Mobility Inc., one of Europe's leading e-scooter brands. The brand was founded in 2015 and it is headquartered in, in Switzerland. After eight years of growth in Europe, VMAX e-scooters are now available in North America. VMAX UL certified e-scooters offer exceptional performance and reliability with a motor, battery, controller, and frame that are all built to last for years. The brand's high-quality components are all made in VMAX's ISO certified facility for maximum control over safety and design. On the company's latest models, you'll find integrated turn signals, ultra-bright front lights, responsive brake lights, tubeless tires with superior tire tread, an anti-slip deck, and built-in suspension. You'll also find a powerful motor, high torque, instant responsiveness, advanced electronics, and regenerative braking for unmatched performance. VMAX offers an industry-leading 24-month warranty, and with nationwide repair shops and local U.S. warehouse for parts, servicing is easy. Check out the latest VX5, VX2 Pro, and VX4 models, and stay tuned for the exciting new VX3. If you're a speed enthusiast, don't miss the company's R40 and R55 high-speed race scooters. Visit vmax-escooter.us or visit the show notes and use promo code VMAXELECTREK for exclusive offers for a limited time. Thanks again to VMAX for sponsoring. Yes, thank you, VMAX. All right, we have a few more items I wanted to discuss with you today. If you're, if you're listening to the show right now, I appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, if you can give us a like, a thumbs up, whatever it is on the app that you're watching right now, we're live everywhere. Uh, it takes a second to do. It's free to do, and it helps the show more than you can imagine. If you're listening right now on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, if you can give us a five-star review, that's also free to do. takes a second, and it helps the show more than you can imagine. All right. Um, a few more things to discuss Cybertruck before we move to a few other news items. Uh, well, well, the decal things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jamie wrote an article about that. I don't even know what. It, uh, okay, it's because I, I posted all the article in the news hub for, for the Cybertruck. Yeah, they, they, they decided to sell uh, a decal that you can put in the back window of the Cybertruck that looks exactly like the crack window in the original event. Um, for 55 bucks, which is kind of expensive. But um, yeah, I mean, that was another part of the event that was a bit weird where Elon was like, you remember when we did that thing? Super and it was weird. like super, super and crazy. We broke the window. Well, let's do it again. This time we'll get it right. And they, they redo the event. But instead of doing it with a steel ball, they would do it with a baseball, which is not... And, and, and not just any baseball, but a baseball that like bounces around like a Super Bowl. So yeah. It was probably like, you know, one of those kids, like, rubber baseballs. And well, then afterwards... A regular baseball can bounce, too. On a hard surface, it bounces pretty pretty hard. Yeah, but it was it was kind of active. Yeah. Um, so, and then Franz really did not throw <laughs> it hard at all. He was kind of like... Eee. Well, to be to be fair, that's probably a safety issue because it was going to bounce like, like crazy. So, if he was going too hard at it, it might have, like, bounced into the crowd or something. But, yeah, yeah I mean... I mean it, it that was of, a big... Yeah, that was a big embarrassment, like cringy moment. Yeah, one of those examples of like when Elon, you know, he he, he kind of flirts with the truth sometime, and uh, he's like, like, and this is a good example. Is like he tells you, are we going to redo what we did last year? It's like or last time. 
not like it's, it looks like it if you don't know what you're looking at, but right away we're like, is that not a steel ball? That's a baseball. So yeah. But at the same time, they also showed like the bulletproof capacity, but the bulletproof capacity is just for the steel panels, obviously. It's not for the windows. The yeah, windows so like it doesn't make like the glass is clearly not bulletproof. And then also on the you know, on the website, they have a picture of a snowball hitting the window. And a like, hell ball, a hell ball, Seth. Come on. Okay, whatever. <laughs> like an ice snowball, the kind of the kind that you would throw at somebody, and uh, you know, and they say it, it can withstand hail from drop from twenty feet, which you know, obviously that's problematic because that's a low cloud. Yeah, dropping those hail balls. Uh, another Tesla accessory that was unveiled, uh, there was a bunch, by the way, it was like, like a lot of them are like cargo related stuff. So like boxes that, f- that slide perfectly into the bed, a ramp for, uh, uh, vehicle bikes and all that. But this one was a little bit more interesting. It's a little bit more custom to Tesla, to the Cybertruck particular. We, we talked about, oh no, I don't think we talked about it because I think it leaked earlier this week after the last podcast. Yeah, it was part of the app. Yeah, the app league that was earlier to see. But it's the Base Camp Cybertruck tent. Um, so there was this image from the original unveiling. So it evolved quite a bit since then. That is the official one. That is the rendered one from the original event. It's I not like the cheap. One better. It is not cheap. Uh, it is uh, $3,000. And uh, it looks like this from the inside. So you, you you see the it comes with a mattress so at least you have a mattress but those cost like a hundred bucks, um, uh, you have a nice view of this one like I don't know where they are like in Iceland maybe, uh, this is the view uh, when it's completely uh, packed it fits nicely on top of the railing, below the tonneau cover so you can have like a full bed basically and still have the tent in there. Uh, this is another view where you can see you can. Uh, even when deployed, you can still use the same section of the bed, uh, the bed of the truck, I should say. Like, then the actual bed where you sleep is on top of that. Um, so yeah, it looks like a decent design, uh, but a little bit expensive uh, for my taste. Oh, you have a video of uh, them um, putting it together, I would hope? No? Um, I guess they just did a short yeah. video. I thought they would show a video of a... You know, it's a shame that the back window doesn't go down because they could use the heat from inside the car to heat up the tent. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if there's a way to get the... I mean, yeah, you know, I I don't think a lot of people are going to get the tent, but um, it would be kind of cool to have a way to heat the tent from the... Yeah, I think that's one of those that a lot of third parties are going to are going to take over especially at that price i think you can do a similar product for cheaper and then uh uh you can do like crazier product too we, we talked about the plenty of people who are working to make campers out of the cyber truck all right uh last piece of things about the cyber truck i want to discuss right before the show uh, right before the event yesterday we were talking about like what could be like a one more thing type of uh um moment in, in the uh, cyber truck unveiling and I thought that Tesla is going to use the opportunity of like all the attention around it to sell the other vehicles. So whatever it could be, maybe like the power share thing and all that. But uh, sure enough, that's what this is doing. Right after the event, some people, some people, some reservation, some Cybertruck reservation holders started getting emails from Tesla. The email, the email read, Cybertruck is here and your res- reservation is in the queue. 
whatever that means. While you wait, uh, await delivery of your Cybertruck, get $1,000 off uh, the lease or purchase of a new Tesla. Place your new order by December 21st, uh, 2020 to qualify. 21st or 31st? I might have missed uh, uh, to transcribe that. But yeah. Tesla is offering a next $1,000 off on Model 3 YS NX for Cybertruck reservation holders. Um, obviously, it's kind of a shot in the dark. <laughs> like if you're in the market for a Cybertruck, you might not necessarily be in the market for a sedan or an SUV. Um, but at the same time, you might be a Tesla fan. You might, a Tesla is like, hey, like you, maybe we can get you over the edge and order a truck that you can get in the next few weeks rather than... Ah, Cybertruck, like that's a lot of that's one of the top questions people have been asking is like where when am I gonna get my own Cybertruck now? It's like we are gonna learn a lot in the next few months with the ramp up, how the ramp up is gonna look like. And but I think a lot of us are suspecting that this is not gonna deliver a ton of truck this year and uh, the next month and the ramp up is more for next year. So we'll see. Uh the Volvo EX90 got a pricing in the U.S. for the third row version that is coming up. So that's uh, that's nice. We know that there's not a ton of third row SUVs that are full electric in the U.S. And Volvo has its own entry. And um, is the, the pricing starts? Yeah. yeah, right. There you go. So all the, the trims have been released here. And you have a clear look between... They are separated both with the twin motor performance or performance version and six or seven seater configuration. So it starts at $77,000. Wait a minute. The seven seater is cheaper than the six seater? Yeah, because the six seater has two like captain chairs, kind of like the uh, cyber, or kind of uh, like the Model X. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which is kind of weird because it doesn't seem like a, um, doesn't seem like a, like it's almost like a car and to, uh, for a car to have like captain's chairs is a little bit strange, but uh, it's, it's definitely, I think a lot of people are really excited about this vehicle. Um, and 77,000. I mean, I it's a $500 difference between the two. So it's not like that big of a difference either. Yeah. But I mean, just generally speaking, they, I think Volvo had set expectations for the car to be around $80,000. So it's, a, it comes in a little bit less than what people are expecting. There should be some tax breaks because I think they're building this thing in um, South Carolina. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about the batteries, but um, so that'll be good. Uh, you know, before we got our Rivian, uh, we had we had our reservation uh, money on reservation for this one as well. Um, and we're still thinking like, you know, if, if we get rid of our Model Y, my wife might want, want one of these. I don't know. We still I, I kind of like the EX30 still, but I don't know. Do you know the difference between the Plus and Ultra? It's probably just an um, interior package or something like that. Or wheels. Yeah, interior. I, th I think they all have the exact same drivetrain. So yeah, the interior is solid. The Volvo, like the EX30, and this this one even more. It's a little bit more luxurious, but I love their seats and everything. Volvo uh, kills it with that. Yeah, I almost feel a little bad for Polestar because they get the same drivetrain, but they don't have a third row option. And I think a lot of people are you know, Jones in for that. So the Polestar three is this exact same drivetrain, Geely uh designed, whatever. Geely designed but built in uh North Carolina. So mm -hmm. South Carolina. 
The last piece of news I want to discuss before we jump into the comment section, and if you guys have any question for us about the Cybertruck or anything else we discussed today or any subject in the V community, you can put it in the comment section right now. We're going to get to them uh, in a few minutes. I think there are already plenty of comments though that we can discuss, but uh, if you have any more questions, now is the time to put them in. This uh, car dealer's uh, letter that has been going around the media this week. So these group of uh, almost 4,000 car dealers in the U.S. banded together to basically lobby the White House ahead of uh, updated emission rules for the auto industry that is gradually going to force automakers to produce more EVs up until uh, 2035 when hopefully we go all electric. Um should happen before that, but uh, government has its own timeline. And the timeline is too aggressive for those car dealers. They want it to be slowed down. And uh, the letter has uh, caught a lot of attention because it sorts of confirms something that uh, we suspect, I shouldn't even say suspected. We, we knew for a while that car dealers might be uh, have a negative impact on electrification, on the adoption of EVs for legacy automakers that use the third-party car dealer model. Uh, instead of being an ally in electrification, a lot of them are an enemy of electrification. Now, I want to say, like, every time we trash the car dealers, I always get a bunch of messages. It's like, well, I'm a car dealer and I'm super pro EV and all that. I know you're out there. I appreciate you. I don't want to generalize to everyone. And, like, this is a good example because 4,000, it sounds like a lot. 4,000 car dealers in the U.S. banded together to do that. It sounds like us, but there are 18,000 car dealers in the U.S. So it's actually a minority. It's a lot of them, but it's a minority. And I'm, I'm sure there's some of them that didn't sign the letter because they didn't know about it. So that, and then they would share the sentiment, but still. Um, what, I really, what, what really pissed me off about this letter is, like, first of all, the claim to be the voice of customers. They claim that we deal with customers every day, so we know more about customers, car buyers, than the government, think tank, lobbyists, and all that. We know best. Which, uh, I kind of have a gripe with you on that, because the relationship, for the most part, between customers and car dealers is an adversarial relationship. Like, it's not... It's not like on the same side of things. So you might have relation. Like you can say, like I uh, let's say, like an anti-terrorist organization is uh, an expert in terrorists because they they interact with them a lot. But like it's not you're not the representative of the terrorists. At least you also obviously an extreme example here. I'm not saying that car dealers are terrorists. Not really, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean. So I didn't like that. That rubbed me the wrong way. But then the, the very first sentence of the letter that he sends to the president is a lie. We are auto dealers from across the country who collectively sell every major brand in the U.S. Right there, you just lied right away because you don't sell Tesla vehicles because Tesla doesn't use the dealership model. And Tesla is undoubtedly at this point a major brand in the U.S. Um, they sell more electric vehicles than all other major brands combined. So that should tell you a, more, tell you a lot. Um, so that, already a, a mistake there. And so when you look at the list of the, the car dealers, like sure, all other brands are represented, except for um, uh, Rivian and Lucid, obviously. Uh, but what also like pissed me off is 
the Polestar. There's some Polestar dealers in there. Like, it makes no sense. It's it like, is. what are you guys doing? Uh, and then there's GM dealers in there, Volkswagen dealers, like companies, Ford dealers, companies that claim to be all in on electric vehicles. Obviously, these, they, these are not the companies. They don't represent the companies. They're dealers, but the, they sell exclusively cars from these companies. So what it does is like it shows you clearly that these people are going to be a problem. So like Ford and GM and Volkswagen should take note. It's like, all right, these, these people are not are they're gonna, not going to help us sell our EVs. They're, gonna, they're on the other side. Um, and then I should give you the argument that they, they use in the in the letter, but they said, they said last year there was a lot of hope and hype about EVs or the adapter form an initial line and we're ready to buy these vehicles as soon as we had them to sell. But that enthusiasm has stalled. Today, the supply of unsold EVs is surging as they are not selling nearby, nearly as fast as they are arriving at our dealership, even with deep price cut, manufacturer incentive and generous government incentive. All right, that also have a problem with this argument because their argument is like, hey, hey, help us stop these uh, regulation that force or, or, or automakers to make EVs because they keep piling up in our lots and we cannot sell them. So that's that's uh, an opportunistic move from these dealers because it's true that vehicles are piling up in their lots. But for the most part, those vehicles are not EVs. Yes, some of them are EVs, but... Inventory level, new car inventory level is at a all time high right now in the US, according to Cox Automotive. Um, they have there's 2.4 million units of vehicles sitting on lots right now, and in the, in the it takes 55 days on average to sell them, which is also a, a record. So, yes, there there's a pileup of vehicles, but 2.4 million vehicles that's like twice as many vehicles as the as as many electric vehicles as the US is going to build all year so so it's not it's definitely not the majority of them that are electric in there it's probably not like a fraction of them that's that's electric on 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 those lots so yeah it is it's 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 true to the argument that there was a lot of hype last year about evs there's still a lot of hype about evs and a lot of people placed reservation last year and now they're not taking uh delivery this year and it's not because they are not enthusiastic about EVs as they try to claim in that letter, it's because it now costs like $100 more a month of interest <laughs> to to buy that car versus last year. So that, that is a massive, massive problem, obviously. Uh, and the same thing is happening for gasoline cars. So that's why there's also gasoline car piling up on their lots. So yeah, dealership are, are being opportunistic and they are taking this opportunity of having electric vehicles and non-electric vehicles on their lot to say, hey, they're not selling, stop those regulations, use that lobbying uh, effort to uh, have the government relax regulation that forces automakers to make EVs. It's opportunistic, it's short-sighted, it's uh, a bad move, and the, the government should not listen to them. Yep, can't, can't really add anything to that. It's a disappointing, but almost expected at this point. Yeah. I mean, Jamie, I have this, uh, this theory that uh, a lot of like what the automakers are saying too, slowing down EV investments and uh, also some lobbying efforts on that front too. It's like might be some kind of concerted effort to to like make a push on regulation right now using that. I've heard that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can say, well, you know, people aren't buying them, but like 
you're not making, you're not putting them on the lots. So, and when you do put them on the lots, the dealers are hiding them and they don't want to sell them. So yeah. what do you expect? And meanwhile, Tesla and Rivian are doubling year over year. So, yeah, we reported this week on comments from like Mazda also like saying that people are moving too fast with electric vehicles. The demand is not there. He said, our, our electric vehicles, they don't sell. Electric vehicles don't sell. Only Tesla vehicles sells. The guy says that when Mazda has like one barely electric vehicle, it's like, oh, it sucks. Like, whoa, of course, no one is buying your EV. Um, and make a good one and people just go buy it. They they made like a 20-year-old EV, like a compliance yeah. EV. And uh, it's not that bad, too. Like for like, like for for a city EV, it's great. And if they would just like put a little bit more range in it, it would actually be a pretty good car. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not it's not great right now. All right. Should we jump into the comment section? I think we have plenty of comments to discuss today. Yeah. All right. Mr. Turkey Neck, where did you find prices for the accessory items? Uh, they are on the website right now. Um, yeah. Or they were yesterday, at least. If you go, to yeah. And the- I also saw uh, some of the pictures from the event had uh, some prices on, yeah, some of the stuff, and some of the people tweeted out that stuff. All right, uh, Sylvian, why you no, can all the have prices on the website vector- right now? I'm sorry. Okay, uh, why you can have power vectoring like the plaid. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking probably about the uh, the decoupling of the uh, of the rear engine of the the the, the rear motors, so you, so you can do torque vectoring with uh, each side. All right, question: Didn't Elon keep saying that the Cybertruck is packed with technology? Do you know what tech is new and not yeah. in any other Tesla? We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, so I think that, that comment came right before we went on the little rant about that. All right, which is more likely the single motor gets canceled, the range extender gets canceled, or both or neither? Well, that's a good question because Tesla is known for like the if the one is ordering it, it goes away pretty fast. So uh, that would be interesting. I think the rear uh, motor one, the single motor one, could sell well because especially like it's so much cheaper than anything else. Like it's $20,000 cheaper than the next model. Uh, and there's there's use case for that. Obviously, 250 miles of range is not huge, but uh, there's plenty of UK use cases for it. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. The range extender, uh, I, I I think enough people is going to want it too. I, I, I mean, uh, sorry, dip, uh, I'm saying that depends on the price. We, we need to see the price. We don't have the price right now. So uh, until we see the price, there's, uh, it's hard to speculate on that. Yeah, I mean, if they have to price it really high and maybe it doesn't make sense, I don't know. All right, congrats, Fred, for Elon answering your question. <laughs> it's not, we're not, we're, it's we're not a good idea. The, yeah. Uh, let's see. We, yeah, we talked about all the uh, voltages. Extra range should only be external to the vehicle. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Question, uh, could the low range, because the 4680 batteries are not giving the capacity they promised at battery day? And that but might be uh, partially, more but like exploring, not, yeah. not 300 to 500. That's That would be quite a bit. Yeah. Any updates on the Model 2 coming from Germany? That's a, keep hearing Model 2 now. I, yeah. I wonder if that's... 
uh, we haven't really heard anything and they didn't announce anything. Yeah, so, well, Elon yeah. apparently told the employees there that they're going to build a car there, but uh, I think it's going to come from Texas first though, and, or maybe even Shanghai first. Yeah, Shanghai probably. All right, uh, Sylvian, I was also disappointed about the range, but in 2019, they technically <laughs> never said that 500 miles was the with only one battery, maybe. Sylvain's right. applying to be PR for Elon right now. It's yeah. Elon's <laughs> lawyer. Well, he, didn't, he never actually said that they would be more. <laughs> yeah, they, they just have the printed above it, 500 yeah. miles. All right, extended range rentals for trips and towing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we talked about that. That That's a when you have a modular battery, that's, there's so many options though. Yeah. Again, like how do you get that thing in and out? A lot of questions to answer. All right. Mike, the car geek says, in my opinion, range is fine, but only 250 kilowatt charging. Is that the limit of the 4680 or the V3 supercharger network? And I guess, uh, you know, beyond that V3 is 400 volt before supercharger network is 800 volt maybe there'll be a bump up later on what do you think Fred? yeah I, that that one is the only thing i'm not mad that they didn't discuss at the at the event because like i, I wrote an article earlier yesterday about that like the charging network is not ready for that well tesla specifically charging network is not ready uh because even with the v4 supercharger all of them that we've seen so far don't have the v4 is supposed to like the the, the stalls are supposed to support uh, 800 volt uh, charging, but the the cabinets are not right now. They are V3 cabinets with V4 supercharger stall, which is still not great because the V4 comes with the longer cable, which is uh, lifesavers for for the Cybertruck and for non-Tesla EVs that are going to be onboarded onto the network. So yeah, it, to me, I think probably this is going to come later, and it's not the first time that Tesla has done that. Like release a new charging infrastructure and then tell us i by the way your vehicle now has a higher charging capacity on that network so i think that's going to be the approach of that whenever that happens uh but uh yeah so th this one i think is a wait and see all right this is the big one question for fred now that you have all the info or you could say yeah, almost. a lot of the info on the cyber truck have you decided whether you're going to go with the cyber truck or the r1t uh yeah i mean right now i have to say like i'm i'm very split between the two i need i need to go back and see what price raven owes me the r1t uh because i think the r1t is, is gonna be cheaper at this point i think i can get like a full batch pack r1t for a hundred thousand canadian and um now the dual motor cyber truck for sure is gonna cost over 120 i think so yeah i think i think the rivian is gonna be a a better choice for me, like a more interesting financial decision. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. What about the vehicle, the grid component? Is that a big? I mean, I have my power walls right here, right. Uh, so it's not that big of a deal for me. Like I, I've never had a problem where my power walls are not, um, like, or are, are not enough. Like I need more, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, there's always possibility of like apocalypse type scenario going. Like Elon uh, was that was one of his line in the uh, in the event. But yeah, it's not it's not a game changer for me. All right, Mikey G from our daily podcast asks: Would you consider the Cyber Beast more or less American compared to the Canoe Bulldog? <laughs> so Mikey just got back from a, a ten day vacation. You might have missed him on the daily. Uh, yeah, he might have been be experimenting bad. with uh, some uh, hallucinogens, 
So we're gonna we're gonna forgive that question. Yeah, I mean, on. if anyone can compare um, Cybertruck to the Kenny Bulldog, uh, he's on something right now, Mike. Yeah, you need you need to <laughs> alter your mindset a little bit. All right, John Wagner. Question: Is there any news on Tesla upgrading their paint shops in the U.S.? It has been a year since Quicksilver and Midnight Cherry became options in Berlin. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath for that. Um, it's very expensive to uh, upgrade a paint shop. So if you have one right now that is working, you just you keep it working until until yeah. it doesn't. Uh, no, don't don't expect that uh, Midnight Cherry, uh, Midnight Silver, or Cherry Red to uh, to come. I'd like to, to see US. a forest green. Yeah, I mean, in Texas, uh, the Model Y coming out of Texas, like uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be possible there at some point. Uh, but that's just going to be the the specific Model Y. Uh, I don't even know which Model Y they're making right now out of Texas, but that one. <laughs> All right, Vince says the original Model S was announced with the swappable battery plan. Uh, they even have a, a special event uh, mm-hmm. showing the this, this swappable battery. It never ended up happening. Other than a single pilot location, could we be going back to that with the Cybertruck? Mm-hmm. Uh, not not for the 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 main battery pack for sure, because that's now a structural battery pack. But right. yeah, there there's this idea that Seth just mentioned earlier in the show that you could have like a sw- automatic swappable battery pack for the one in the bed. That could be interesting because you, you could then have like rent them for a short period of time. You can swap them real quick to add range. What's it? 130 miles of range. Uh, yep. So significant. Two mm-hmm. hours of driving. Yeah. And you know what else you could do? Uh, you could put a generator on there, like a, a electric, you know, like gas powered. I mean, yeah, if they have the connection already, it's the same thing. Basically. Right. All right. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Tesla doing that. But... But yeah, that was right. a confusing thing at first when I saw when I first saw the mention on the website ex, range extender. The term used BMW to be used I3. by by like BMW for the i3. They call it the i3 with the range extender, and that was a gas generator on it. A few other automakers that use the term like that. So, I'm like that's weird weird way for Tesla to introduce that. All right, uh, Sylvian was happy to see that the Cybertruck was coming out with Nax. Okay, that's oh. a good joke. <laughs> All right, uh, twelve volt came out in the mid fifties and six volt starter. All right, seventy uh, percent of the weight or cost of the wire. Do we know? Um, I think they were talking about the weight of the wire, and it makes sense because it's a quarter. So, you, so you need a quarter of the thickness mm-hmm. to carry the same amount of power when it's four times um, the voltage. So. 75, you know, you still need the, the wrap around the wire. So yeah. 70% of the weight makes sense. Or overall, 70% of the overall wire. Maybe right. not the length of it. but Right. Uh, you can have 10 kilometers of wire in a new car. Uh, 70% number of wires. Is there any other production vehicle that uses steer-by-wire? I think that Lexus that had the... Uh, yeah. The, um, the yoke... Also. And and any the the BZ four X too I think no yeah there's a few and and I think Nissan had one or something I don't know there, it's on Wikipedia look it up mm-hmm. all right Jimmy Stack the starter batteries have been a hundred years old lead acid very short life overcharging makes explosive hydrogen very heavy my friend his friend Sean and I started a lithium starter batteries 
and Tesla followed in the Model S and X. Okay, we got a little advertisement. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. We have some French here. What's, yeah, he's what, asking, what do, you wanna, do you want to explain my comment on botched Cybertruck? I think you probably missed it, Eric, but we, we discussed that Cyber earlier on the show. We, we shared our opinion pretty clearly. Uh, more stereo by wire. British reviewers have driven the Cybertruck pre-release. I think Car not Car Wow got it or something. Yeah, actually, uh, a few got it. A Top Gear got one. Uh, Carwar driven. Uh, MKBHD. Uh, Tesla. Uh, they, they started. They, they're pushing things a little bit right now. There's. Yeah, but the British reviewers. Uh, I think Car Wow is British, right? And I I know Top yeah. Gear has a British and a US. I don't know which one got. Yeah, probably US one, but I think Carwar is like big in the US too, I think. I know. You know, I'm surprised uh Tesla's working with Top Gear again cuz they well, the older version of them was the one who uh Yeah. I mean, that was the one. Yeah, that was the show. That was Top, top Gear the show with Top Gear the website too, I think. All right. Uh I, know, I think the tar- the Top Gear show is not is is dead too. I think they're is it cancel, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, so wait, uh, British reviewers have gotten it. However, it seems the chance of coming to Europe is minimal. Any thoughts? I think it'll come to Europe. Just I think there are concerns about the, uh, regulations with the, the shapes and the bumper and all that. Like they might not work in Europe. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar Uh, enough with regulations in Europe. Richard cool is wondering about the holiday lights behind you or are are they holiday lights or are they are you hosting a rave? Nah, I got I I went I went on a buying spree with a Cyber Monday and I got a bunch of lights like this and I I, w- I wanted to I haven't had time to connect them to my app yet but I want to do something like ah oh, for a second it was what I wanted to do but I want to do the electric colors in the back uh, for nice. the podcast I want to do like the blue teal and uh, green light green and all that but right no, now it's just talking- like a random mode. We've talked about this a little bit. This, the 48-volt battery is not only uh, 48 volts instead of 12. It's also lithium, so there's no more lead. Um, but I think there's a few other. I think the Hyundai uh, Ionic Hybrid had a lithium battery already. So, uh, Do you know what thickness SST panels are? If it is really beefy exoskeleton, would it be really handy to tack on and off the custom racks as needed? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Uh, do you know, like they, they did, uh, that makes me think, they did uh, sort of explain in the Bulletproof, I'm working on a Bulletproof video, uh, article based on the video, the exoskeleton for that. Like, be, because the panel is strong enough, it does add a little bit to the structural integrity of the vehicle, which makes it an exoskeleton. So I don't know how much it contributes, but it contributes a little bit with some tension. So they say it's exoskeleton. But yeah, if it, it looks a lot closer to a regular way to build a car than an exoskeleton. There's no doubt about it. All right. Uh, you nailed it by calling the car dealer to customer relationship as adversarial. fact that after sale service is a big part of their business model is a very telling item. A yeah. lot of people have been saying that like EVs don't require a lot of maintenance and maybe that's why the car dealers are so 
adversarial. Uh, certainly possible. A uh, question of legacy brands. Who do you think can pivot to direct sales of EVs and not get sued by their dealers? No one. Uh, yeah, I, Volvo's kind of trying to get around it with the, you know, Polestar and Geely, and, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a hard one because, like, a lot of sales, a lot of the, sorry, a lot of states, the laws are pretty clear. Uh, and then those where like Tesla was able to like to to change the laws and everything, they always it's always things like that makes it clear it's like electric vehicles only. And then it's if you don't already have dealers that represent your brand in the states, uh, so it makes it pretty clear that uh, legacy automakers don't have that opportunity. All right, Mitchell Clark says for one hundred sixteen thousand US dollars, you can get close to the specs that Tesla provided by compromising on space in the tray. Seems like it all comes down to the 4680 not meeting the economics or density targets. You know, that's certainly possible uh, that 4680s, Tesla thought they were going to be 30% more powerful or contain 30% more energy capacity. But do you understand the first part of the comment, though? I don't know about the price. I guess he's, you know, extrapolating out the uh, price of the Okay, does it mean like to get to the original spec that Tesla announced, the car, the truck would have costed that? Yeah, I guess. It's very, very oddly specific. Uh, Was it me or did anyone else think Elon's cheekbones look swollen at the event? It was super dark, so hard to see clearly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the event looked like... At the beginning, when he jumped into the back of the truck, he's like, I want to do from here. It looked like so clear that Tesla was not prepared for that. They didn't have a light on him. They couldn't get a light there. So I, it's, It was so crazy. It was, it was a mess. I don't know about Elon's physical appearance, though. I won't comment on that. All right. It's, just, it's not just the car dealer cartel. It's the oil cartel that is strenuously recommending that the government needs to lay off the poor petroleum producers. Yeah, yeah it's obvious about that. Uh, We've noticed a lot more uh, negative EV stuff on YouTube and everywhere lately. All right, David Pearn, bidirectional charging not talked about is because Elon Musk knows he doesn't know enough about it himself. Uh, I don't think he doesn't know enough about it. I think think he was concerned about cannibalizing the power wall for a while. uh, And then he doesn't like the idea of cycling the vehicle batteries for anything else than for vehicles because he sees how that can make the car Tesla's car business look worse over time with faster battery degradation i think those are his concern which are completely fair concerns i just don't think that those concerns are like big enough that you shouldn't do it and it looks like that they are agreed on that because tesla is doing it um I think it's the best solution is like make those concerns clear to the customers. They can make their own decision and make the product as good as it can be, which looks like a pretty good product, that power share thing. Uh, Richard Cool asked thoughts about the Elon interview with the New York Times. That was the day before the event. Yeah. Um, there was a part where Elon went a little bit uh, ballistic on uh, <laughs> Disney CEO, uh, Robert, yeah. uh, but I, you know, I, I saw a lot of bad press about it. Uh, I watched the whole thing. It didn't seem different than any yeah. other. I don't know. 
I mean, I, I thought at that moment, I thought he looked a little bit on edge. Yeah. On edge, or it looked like, and Jamie agreed with me on that, it looked like he was acting a bit. It looked like he was right. like performing, is like when you said it did F look you and like, like, F, like, if you want to do that, F you. Like, it, it didn't feel like real to me. Like, I mean, if he was, it looked like he was angry, but it looked like he was like playing to the crowd with it, which, like, if you're really angry about it, like, be angry, but I don't know. The main thing that I took out of this event is he apologized for the the, the tweet uh, where he approved of the anti-Semite slash white yeah. supremacist that did that, and that and he, he looked sincere when he did that. He admitted that he was wrong and everything. I don't know why he couldn't do that right after he did the tweet, and he had to wait a week to do it. That. Like I wrote in that article that I wrote, that looked like the longer it doesn't apologize for this, the, the worse it looks. And um, took a right. whole week for him to apologize. So that, that's not great. Um, and it's also a bit weird when you're like, at the same time that he apologized for like, hey, I screwed up. Okay, I, I screwed. I don't think he admitted that he he agreed with the anti-Semite. But anyway, he's like, I screwed up with that. So that's basically an admission that like he did that. He did the, the agree with an anti-Semite. And then at the same time, you're like, screw you, everyone that took away their money on the platform where I, the platform where I did that and where <laughs> I did show ads to uh, on anti-Semite content. So it's like, yeah. right, like, can you really be angry? Like, you, you, if there's someone you need to be angry at, it might be you in this case. Like, it might be right. like I screwed up. Like, sorry, and I. I understand that you wouldn't want to advertise on a platform like that and you don't want to. That's fine. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. All right. We're getting pretty far along, so I'm going to kind of speed yeah. through some of these. Yeah, there's a Is lot of Is the pickup market there. getting traction? Is it missing the Cybertruck to really accelerate? I think I think so. I think the electric pickup market is because there there is a lot of advantages to electric versus gas. Um, and obviously, there's some uh, advantages for gas for like uh, long drives and towing. They might be throttling range until they have more performance data like they did with the previous models. Thoughts? Um, I mean, it, they could always have some software updates that add a few miles. Uh, other than know, like, well, What we're hearing is that there's a 123 kilowatt hour battery pack in the dual motor version. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how much more range you can get out of that. Uh, Kwame, other than Rivian's Amazon truck, what electric truck would be best suited for municipalities and commercial use Ford Lightning, Rivian, Cybertruck? Well, I, th I think uh, maybe the Ford E-Transit is probably more of a municipality uh, vehicle. And obviously there's a bunch of smaller um, outfits and GM's Bright Drop. So... Those are probably your best bets. Question, in your opinion, does making a few changes to the front bumper or lights constitute a design change to you as compared to a Honda or Toyota or GM making a big design change every five years or so? So this person, I think, is referring to the Model 3 uh, Highland update. No, a Model 3 Highland is a decent refresh. It's... Yeah, I don't know. Damn. I think, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're talking about. Uh Tesla future purchasing plan available in Spain, kind of leasing. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what, he, what Antoine was asking. Yeah. Uh, any idea what technical necessity 
before Cybertruck is allowed in EU? Is it a size thing? I think it's more of like the bumper and things like that that are not too up to regulation. But again, I'm not an expert in that. All right, Top Gear P said no Euro seat Cybertruck is uh, the safety regs. Yeah, they probably know better. And then finally, uh, with the waiting list years long, I can see why they would increase the price of the Cybertruck. Any thoughts on profit margin and possible future price cuts? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much the waiting list has an impact on this. Like, obviously, I, I think there is room for the, the price of the truck to come down in the future. But uh, I, I think, I, well, nah, now that you say it, like, yeah, I mean, I guess there is a, probably an impact on that front because Tesla is actually also planning to produce fewer Cybertruck than we originally thought it would. Tesla, like a lot of people were talking about, oh, there's 2 million reservations. So Tesla is going to make like half a million truck a year or something like that, which you still have like four years of backlog before you even start production. But then you know, they're talking about 250,000 vehicles a year, a much lower number. So yeah, there's and there's also this core group of Tesla owner that just buy the latest Tesla vehicle every, every time. Like every time there's a new Ludacris, there's a new Plaid, there's a new, like they buy a new car. Like there's a core group, like in the, in the thousands and thousands of people that are just going to buy the cyber truck, whatever price it is. So yeah. And they, now they're going to want the cyber beast. So there's this, and then maybe Tesla can slow down the price after that. Uh, like, Reduce the price a bit, but I don't. I don't see that happening until like until it's fully ramp up, which is twenty twenty five, and then by then you're gonna have the sixty thousand dollar version. So, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't itch my hope to uh, uh, price cuts on the Cybertruck. All right, that's all for the. Uh, yes, uh, I appreciate um, every single one of you that's been listening to the show this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy the Cybertruck launch event or the watch party if you joined us. Um, we, uh, If you do enjoy the show, please give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe. All those things are free to do. Helps the show a ton. Uh, thanks a lot to VMAX for sponsoring this week's episode. And uh, we're going to see you same place, same time next week. Have a safe uh, weekend. Bye-bye.